0: The intro, doo 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 do. BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services. Here we discuss all things fitness, running, rucking, endurance, obstacle course racing, and more. Welcome to the BeastNet. Hey everybody, it's Mike with BeastNet here, and on this episode I have a, a good friend of mine, Andy Vargo. Um, Andy, how you doing?
1: Great. Thanks for having me on, Mike. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh yeah. So for you that anybody that listens to my other stuff is Brandon Valentine, um, love and hate radio. Andy is a, someone who I think has been on four or five episodes now. Um, we even have an episode that's never aired. That's our, our OJ episode. (laughs) <laughs> so if we ever, uh, ever for some reason can't record, it's the, the, the episode that will go up and that's one with Andy. So he's been a big part of love and hate radio. He's also been multiple times. I've put him on, um, booked him on shows for the Renerdish podcast for the other podcasts that I do as Brandon Valentine. And we've booked him on shows as our, you know, a comedian. Um, I know Andy very well and Andy, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who, who you are. So they kind of know.
1: Definitely. Thanks, Mike. Well, like, as you, as you mentioned, I I know we met through the comedy scene, but I do uh, comedy for me as a hobby. My my main gig is to actually uh, be an author, a motivational speaker and a business consultant and life coach. So I work with a lot of different people. And my whole message is all about learning how to own your awkward and live your best life by basically being as authentic and okay with yourself as you can. Uh, so I do that through a lot of different things. It's it's getting out and talking with businesses and schools or or different organizations or uh, doing workshops for people. I focus a lot on getting through life changes and and basically just how to be okay with who you are. And I think that's really important in this time with everything going on right now. We're spending a lot of time alone. And if you're not okay with yourself, that can really just eat you up inside.
0: Yeah, I can. So, and that was kind of one of those things that, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on. I've wanted to have you on for a while. You know, right now I thought it was a really good time because, you know, the whole... We're We're supposed to be what is it self isolating or I guess they haven't told us to do that part yet, but social distancing, which, as you posted on your Facebook, you know social distancing has nothing to do with social- being social, so um, right. it's a very <laughs> ironic
1: term when you think about it
0: it is it's a total oxymoron, kind of like army intelligence, but um, let everyone know kind of you know your idea. I own a couple of your books, so yeah, um, I'm trying to remember which ones I have. I know I have the the one drive stands which is an amazing, funny book that really has nothing to do with this. I just wanted to say it because I really love that book. <laughs> I make him read an excerpt from it every time he's on Love and Hate Radio. Um, and then you have a couple guided journals, I guess, is how you explain them. Yeah. I mean, kind of let everyone know what those are and how they how they work.
1: Yeah. So so first, the OneDrive Stands is, is entertaining. It's a book about my time as a rideshare driver while I got my business off the ground. And that's one, it's a fun read just for entertainment as far as what goes on in a rideshare car. But on the serious side, uh, my guided journals are all, uh, they all follow the same principle. So each one, I have, I have five different journals now. Each one is a different area of life that you choose that you want to improve on. And then you essentially, no matter what you're focusing on, all you do are you choose three simple things that you want to do today to make tomorrow better. And so the first book, it's called uh, uh, Life Gets Better, and that's just about improving your life in general. If you're stuck where you can't you know, you know, can't muster the strength to pull the covers um, off of you and get out of bed and you don't even know what to do, that's what this book is really focused on, how to improve your life in general. And every day, there's a tip or a trick or an idea to try in case you need some help kind of coming up with things. There's a focus word of the day. And then basically, you just say, today, I'm going to do these three things. And at the end of the day, you journal about what you did, because sometimes it's different than what you planned. So that's the Life Gets Better. I also have one focused on your career, and that's called Work Gets Better. And that's all about empowering you to take control of your career and where you want it to go. And in that one, you choose one thing you will do, one thing you won't do, and then one thing that you will learn or practice every day. And then we also have Life Gets Funner, which is just focused on putting more fun into your life making it a little bit less boring and so the the ideas in there instead of being focus points or ideas they're called dares so it's like things like I dare you to answer all of the questions you encounter during the day with a phone a friend or you know start a water fight with somebody just things mm-hmm. that you might not normally do that are kind of corny and cheesy but that put some laughter and fun into your life. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, for me, one that, that I had to work through is a, is one focused on acceptance, and that's called Life Gets Gayer. And that is about doing something every day to push yourself outside of your comfort zone to be okay with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the newest one, which is really timely, I actually uh this one just came out and it's it's really focused around what's going on right now. It's called Your Awkward Life Finds Peace. And it's designed to help you be content with where you're at alone in life. So, you know, for myself, this is something I had to go through as a as a father with three kids who got divorced, uh, you know, a few years ago. I actually mm-hmm. had been living in a house with, you know, three kids, a wife, always had different friends over, the kids there. And I went from that life to moving out, being divorced, and being alone most of the time. And yeah. I had to learn to come to terms with that and be okay and like my own company. And so this new solitude that we're all living in is a different level of that, but it's something I've already gone through. And, and if you're not okay with yourself, if you're relying on other people to make you happy, it doesn't mean you don't enjoy people's company, but if you can't be okay, when you are alone, that's really hard. And so that's what this journal is focused on, on doing.
0: Uh, that's awesome, it's awesome, like I said, I think I own the first one, and then I own the onedrive stands, yeah, so and then I do own the the newest one um but i i don't have I don't have a paper version, but I have the digital
1: yeah, and the the newest version, uh, so when I came out with it, I came out with it right as things were kind of shutting down, and so I don't know how long it will take for me to get paper versions, and so I had just decided one of my missions as an author and as a coach is that one of my guiding principles is that I just want to help people and I want people to access what they need to do better for Mm -hmm. themselves. And so I'm not charging for this latest journal for the electronic subscription. So people can go onto my website. It's awkwardcareer.com. I think that's how we got you signed up, Mike. It's, it's an easy thing to do. And what you do, what happens is then every day you get a page of the journaling emailed to you with your, your, idea for the day it has your your hint it has your uh your suggested ideas it has a word of the day and then your your journal points so every day you get kind of that new reminder that you need to get that journal entry in Uh, so it is the electronic version because i don't know how long it will take for the paper version to get available but also then it's right there in your inbox so wherever you're at you can kind of set aside that time and get that reminder to do it
0: Yeah. And having that digital version is really nice. Cause that's one thing for, for me and you, I mean, I know you understand this too, as a, as a comic, I have notebooks everywhere. Right. Um, And I write everywhere and having that digital version is one less notebook to carry because Mm -hmm. I I like it. I do. I mean, I actually, me and uh, the wife were going through, I was trying to find something the other day and I found like five (laughs) more notebooks Mm -hmm. that I wrote in from like 10 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. You know, I mean, I, I haven't seen these in forever. And so I started flipping through them. There's some really, really bad jokes in there. (laughs) I'm like, I'm "I'm not even sure why this was, I even wrote this one down.
1: Like how did this even make it to the paper? Yeah. (laughs) That's funny. I, I just had a similar experience where I went through and found some old notebooks and, uh, it's interesting to see where some of it's like, oh, maybe that maybe that could turn into something if I work it a little bit more, but maybe I should just give up. on it.
0: Yeah, no. And that was kind of the thing is, I mean, as a comic and I mean, as an author, I'm sure a lot of it's the same. There's a lot of things that I put down to paper for ideas for comedy that never go beyond that, you know, because it's just it's like this could be an idea and then you you suss it out and kind of go through it and then you're like, eh, maybe not, you know, right, yeah you know, it sounded good in my head, but now it's, it's, it doesn't. So, you know, I mean, but there's always ideas because I have the put the stuff I write stuff down. And then I have my phone where I do, uh, the voice memo, my, I've got my phone set up. So it's a one button I can reach up and hit my phone and it'll automatically, you know, I can automatically record something because I drive all the time. Yeah. So it's easy for me to hit the record button, say, Hey, Here's an idea, hit stop, and then I can go back to it later and write it down. So
1: Yeah, I do a lot of I do a lot of voice recording now too, because I'll be out, you know, going for a walk or or driving in my car. And I've I've learned that I'm just old enough that I can work things out in my head, but I don't remember them, you know, the next day. Like I think I'm going to and it's like, darn it, yeah, why didn't I record that? So that yeah, audio feature th- is really helpful.
0: Which I think would be really good for, you know, the stuff in you know, the emails that you, I get from you um, and looking at those is for me, if I don't have time, I can look at them and really just do a voice recording of them. This is my, you know, and I could journal, verbally and some people that's better for, pe- for some people is a verbally journal. So, I mean, there's all sorts of options and that's, what's really cool about the, your books is the way that you can journal and it's your own ideas. It's not someone saying, Hey, this is what's best for you. This is what I think is best for you. It's giving people the tools mm-hmm. to figure well, out what's I, best for them.
1: Well, and I appreciate that idea because it really, I, I purposely wrote the journals to be very simple so that they weren't stuck with a bunch of rules because, you know, I tell people all the time, they're a 60 day guided journal. If you get up to day eight or nine and then you, you know, fall off the wagon and don't journal for a week, you know, when you pick it back up again, start on day 10, you're like, this is my 10th day of journaling. They don't have to be consecutive. Don't (laughs) not come back to it just because you had a gap in it. And, uh, and it doesn't even have to be written down. Like you said, the point that the point is that you are making yourself aware Of what you're doing, what your actions are, and how you're feeling. So, if you're taking time out of your day to think about it, you're taking time out of your day to state it and record it, whatever you're doing, that's what the purpose is all about.
0: Yeah, it's all about bettering yourself. And that's the same thing, you know, like I've said before on this podcast, we do a lot of talking about, you know, bettering yourself by multiple ways of either, you know, losing weight, you know, exercising, stuff like that. This is just another avenue. For bettering yourself. And that's what we're all about. I mean, you know, Beastnet is really all about making people ourselves and others better. You know, and that's one thing I've worried about in this whole wonderful nightmare of the COVID nineteen, because you know, a lot of us get in habits. Mm-hmm. And habits take what do they say, 30 days? Is Something it about thirty like days? That, yeah. I've heard anywhere from
1: said. two weeks to, to thirty days to forty five days, but but it takes at least a month, you know, I think generally a month is a good number. Yeah.
0: But, and that's the thing that we run into is you've got that, but then now we're looking at, you know, who knows how long before we're going to be able to get back to normal, you know, and that's the one thing I want to make sure is that people aren't doing, creating a new habit of sitting on the couch and eating potato chips, which if anyone who listens to this knows, that's my favorite saying of, you know, (laughs) bad habit is sit on the couch and eat potato chips. And like I said, the reason I say that all the time is that's what I did when I broke my foot.
1: That's your bad habit. Yeah,
0: When I broke my foot, I said, okay, foot's broken, can't run, might as well sit on the couch and eat potato chips. And mm-hmm. I went from 180 to 280. Yeah.
1: and it's Easy to do. And, and as we all know, the weight goes on a lot faster than it comes off. And not even, yes. not even just the weight, but the bad habits form a lot easier than, it, than they are to break.
0: Yeah. And then the mentality changes too, because now all of a sudden, you know, before I broke my foot, I was running almost every day. I was working out. I was in a habit of running. Yeah. Now I stopped that habit, you know, and it's gone. And that's what I'm worried about, you know, with a lot of people in this, you know, being stuck at home is I'm trying ways for myself to keep myself motivated. I just started, you know, I've lost 20 pounds or so in the last month. And I'm doing good on my diet. I was hitting the gym three times a a week. Now, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, that's all stopped.
1: Now, the gym's closed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, it's keeping uh, a a way to, you know, still keep that habit going of working out and stuff like that. I've found ways. I've got gym equipment at home that I can use. I just went out and, you know, uh, my wife's dad helped me fix up one of the bikes that's out there. So, I have a bike to ride. So, I mean, it's, you know... Mm -hmm. Finding ways to do it. So yeah,
1: well, one thing that I have really become aware with aware of over the last couple of years is that that your own health has multiple tiers to it, right? You've mm-hmm. and, yes. and I'm really good at compartmentalizing things, so I can I can look at my life and say I'm I'm not financially healthy at this time in my life. However, I'm very mentally healthy, or I might not be physically healthy, but I'm spiritually healthy. And so when you look at those four different buckets of, of your health, you need to be doing things all of the time in order to contribute to each of those situations, right? Like, yes, am, am I aware of my mental state of mind? Am I doing things physically to keep myself physically healthy? Am mm-hmm. I being responsible with my budget so that, you know, all of that is in part and one might be harder at one time or another, but if the other three areas are, are taken care of and healthy, then you can deal with a financial crisis, or you can deal with getting back up to speed on your physical health as long as you have the others in line, and that's why we always need to be contributing to, all, to a full you know completely enveloping health system.
0: Yes. Oh, yeah, that is so true. And I mean that's kind of the thing is I mean, like you said, I mean, if you have a good health system you know for your mind, body, you know, wealth, all of that, if one of them starts to fall off. The others will help keep you healthy till you can fix it, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it you know it's a, they they balance themselves out, you know, and you know you may not be healthy economically right now, but you're healthy in the other parts of your life, and you you know mm-hmm. and, and all that which makes it easier for you to deal with the economic you know where a lot of people, if they had that economic, they start stressing so much about that
1: economic it starts to affect and destroy the other healthy parts of their life so right and and it is. As soon as it is a problem, as soon as you start fixating on that that area, it's like when you stub your toe. If you fixate on that pain from your toe, that's all you feel is pain in your toe. And as soon as you can stop thinking about it and move on to something else, you realize it's a small part of your body that's going to recover quickly. It's not even damaged at that point. It's just yeah, it, it was painful, right? But mm-hmm. but that's how we need to be able to kind of view our, what we have going on is, okay, I might be going insane because I'm sitting at home, however, what can I do to get my mind in a good space? What can I do to keep my body active? Um, Am I being responsible with my money? Am I doing things to feed my soul, whatever, you know, whatever that is, I'm, you know, whether you're religious or spiritual, or just, you know, need peace of mind, you need to have something that you that you do to give yourself some sort of sense of peace.
0: Yes, that is so true. What, what would you suggest to the listeners? for that sense of peace in this i mean I, just a quick little thing i mean one obviously it's going to be go to own it's awkwardcareer.com
1: right right yeah you can definitely go to awkwardcareer.com and and sign up for my journal really easy that's free you know i do make i do make a money off of of writing that is my livelihood. so uh but i'm more concerned with uh people just being healthy but you know one thing that I think right now in this time I think it's important that people set aside some time to create a kind of a peaceful space in their home and whether that is a a chair in a corner with a candle next to it or a book you know like like some place that you can kind of have as your space that if you if you're living in a house full of people they know okay that's that's where Mike's going to go when he just needs some alone time and that you can kind of have a downtime. Maybe it's a chair in your backyard. Maybe it's sitting at your workbench in your garage. It's different for everybody, but you need some sort of pay- space where you can sit at peace and relax and just kind of have time to yourself and the people around you need to recognize that and respect it. And then you need to be able to do the same for them, right? Like if, yes. if someone's sacred thing is baking brownies, you know, let them have that time while they just reflect while they cook whatever it is.
0: Are they magic brownies? Oh, sorry.
1: Um, <laughs> For the right people.
0: <laughs> oh, That's awesome. I mean, that is kind of one of those things is giving people that time. The other is, uh, I think a lot of times right now with this social distancing or whatever they're calling it, um, uh, it's finding uh, ways to still be social. Mm-hmm. You know, And I, I know a lot of people are having issues with that where – I'm one who honestly, I could probably check out from everyone for a week and a half and be okay. My problem there is most of the time I may not come back. Uh, <laughs> so right. it's, you know, but a lot of people, they, they really need that, that social interaction. So it's, you know, what, what do you suggest for people like that? I mean, people that really oh. need that social interaction and, and all that stuff.
1: You know, one thing that, that I really am a big fan of is if you're feeling alone or like people aren't reaching out to you then you know kind of stop the pity party and reach out to people just send people a note say hey i was thinking of you today uh send them a goofy picture whatever you can do because that's going to put those people in your life and you're going to make their day because a lot of times other people aren't getting reached out to just as much as you aren't getting reached out to. And I'm a big fan right now of video calls because you can see the person's face, you can see their reactions. It's the closest thing you can get to that in-person contact. So, you mm. know, get on messenger, get on whatever app you use, whether it's zoom or Skype or FaceTime and have a video call, uh, do things, make a point of reaching out to a couple different people a day and have a conversation in person, over a video or over the phone, that's not just a text message so that you at least have that reaction. You see the emotion in their face, tell a joke, cry together, whatever you got to do. Yeah. And that's
0: it. I mean, it's really reach out because that's, I think a lot of people, and I have this and a lot of people I I think are surprised when I say this, I have a very big anxiety about how I come across to people. Mm. So it's, it's hard for me occasionally to reach out to people because I don't want to feel like I'm being needy. And I know that. And it's one of those things. I think part of it comes from, you know, I, I'm, I'm the youngest child. So I was, you know, and everyone's like, Oh, that's great. You can do whatever you want. And I'm like, nah, not really. I kind of got left behind. I mean, Mm-hmm. So I always felt like, you know, that whenever I was doing something like my brothers, and older brothers and sisters and everything, they're tired of the little annoying brother. So right. I, I get that way with people where it's hard for me sometimes to reach out and say, how are you doing? Because I feel like, oh, God, there's that little bastard annoying me again.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's interesting because I'm also the youngest and. I can completely relate to that because as much as the youngest is viewed as being the baby of the family and the center of attention and getting spoiled, on the flip side, all of my siblings were older and kind of in this group that was raised together. And I was the youngest where it's kind of like, and then there's me, you know, like I'm almost like this second kid um, from the rest of the family. And so that's a really weird disconnect. And I've gotten a lot closer with my siblings the last few years, and that's been great. But for a long time, I wasn't comfortable in my own place in in that way. I always felt like, yeah. you know, the, the like, just like you described it.
0: Yeah. And it's a very weird thing. You know, it's one of those things I've mentioned a few times as I was growing up that it was really weird for me because I never really felt. And I get that way with things a lot now, too. I never feel like I completely belong. And I think part of it was is my older brothers and sisters are a lot older than me. You know, you've heard the jokes I make in comedy about, you know, my yeah. older brother being a senior in high school and a lot of people like, how would you think of that? I'm like, it's because it's true. Right. You know, there really is a huge age gap and I'm closer in age to my, bro- my nieces and nephews than I am to my brothers and sisters.
1: Yeah. And I, I as am I, I exactly know how you feel. <laughs> it's but, a lot of people can't imagine how that could be. Yeah. But then you're stuck in the middle because it's one of those things.
0: I'm just enough older than my nieces and nephews that I don't really fit in with them. Right. But I'm just young enough for my brothers and sisters that I don't feel like I belong with them either. So it was this really weird thing of growing up, of not feeling like you belong. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, something like this happens and it's really easy for someone like me to, like I said, where I could check out from reality or from, not reality, but society, and I just may never check back in. It's just kind of like, yep, cool, I'm out. And it, it's really tough because even in in large groups, you know, comedy, even like running groups that I've been a part of in my past, stuff like that, no matter how involved I am, I still never feel like I fully belong. Like I'm just the outsider that people put up
1: with. Yeah, no, so, I, I, I totally get that same feeling. It's like, I don't even know what to say because what you're saying is exactly – how I felt. And so it's, it's like, it's like, yes, all of that, because it is that same thing of this, even though you feel like, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like, Oh, no, that's your group, you're a comedian, you're a runner, whatever it is, you still have this, this feeling that holds you back. And um, a a friend of mine that I, I met through LinkedIn, and I met in person last year at a conference, she talks about imposter syndrome a lot. And yes, we talked about that on Love and Hate. Yeah, and how it's, Which, you know, I, I've finally come to the point where I I deal with that imposter syndrome by basically viewing it as, because, so as we talked about on Love and Hate, is the idea that you're, you know, the the more successful you are, the higher chances or the more times you will deal with imposter syndrome. Yes. So, you know, knowing that fact, it helps me to be able to to, now when I see it, I kind of reframe it and say, oh good, I must be successful because I'm having this, Imposter feeling, and yeah. it seems like a fake it till you make it, or a weird kind of thing. But it actually, for me, it does work because it's very logical. I'm like, oh no, this is a sign that things are working. And what's really cool is I never thought of it that
0: way until you said it, and now I I, I can't stop thinking of it that way. And that's really it's helped me because for me I do really have the imposter syndrome. I've mentioned many times to some of my colleagues at work that. I went a completely different route than they did into safety, you know, where I was out in the field, I was a dispatcher, I was everything else, but I was, I never really went to school. I am right right now going to school to try and get my degree, but I'm considered, you know, right up there with them, but I don't have these certifications. I don't have this other stuff. And so I feel like an imposter and it's like you said, but the, obviously they're paying me and the people want me there. So obviously that's a sign of success that I should be there and I have done well. Right. So it's kind of, you know, that, it's a hard thing for me to look at because I'm so used to like looking at myself as an imposter, you know, as someone who shouldn't be
1: where I'm at. So, mm-hmm. and people yeah, deal that's, with that's... that. And this is one of the things when I talk about owning your awkward, this is kind of the heart of what I'm getting at because when you walk into a room, whether it's a job interview or a networking event or a social gathering we all walk into that room and we have something that we're self-conscious about. And yes. chances are there is somebody across the room who is equally self-conscious about the opposite thing. We walk in feeling like we are, you know, too big or, or overweight or whatever. And someone else is on the other side of the room feeling, you know, ashamed and anorexic or something. And um, it could be body image. It could be age. One person feels young. One person feels old. And typically, the rest of the room, that thing that we're self-conscious about most often, that's the thing that people love us for. It's like, I love your presence in the room. I love your wisdom that you bring because of your age or your enthusiasm because of your youth, whatever it is. And we don't see it ourselves because we're so we're so tied up in in why we aren't good enough that we don't own it and we shy away from it. Yet, that's actually what people love about us. And as soon as we realize it's not something we need to overcome, we need to actually just own it and make it like, hey, this is me and I'm here. And be good with it. And that's when the magic happens.
0: Yes. Oh, it is. And that's the thing. And that's one thing that I've really loved about your journals and everything else is it's helped me understand that a lot more, that a lot of times the things, like you said, the things that I see as my, my faults or what other people see as my, my, those are my gifts. And that's, you know, what I'm, you know, what they love about me. And that's kind of the thing. Like for me talking, yeah, I can get up and talk forever. You know, I have what, three Two podcasts and two radio shows, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> and I do comedy, and my job is literally your to stand up. Job in front of people. Yeah, is it's to teach. Cool. So I mean, that's kind of the thing. Is I found you know, the thing is, I was younger that I always talked too much, and now it's like that's kind of what's made me successful, though. You know, and that was kind of a thing I was worried about is that I, when I get nervous, I talk, mm-hmm. and that yeah, was something I, you know I turned into my my success.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing is we're taught all the time that we need to hold back our strengths in order to develop our weaknesses because we're basically teaching society to be mediocre. It's like, no, yeah. don't don't get better here because you're not good enough over here. And, and, and the reality is we need there to be superstars in every category. And sure, there are some times where maybe we need to be proficient in things. You know, if you can't answer your phone or respond to an email – then you're not going to be able to get business to get a speaking gig or a comedy gig. So you need to be good enough in certain areas, but don't try to be a mathematician. If your goal is not to be an accountant or an engineer, it's like, why put all that effort into something that could be developed? You know, if you could be putting that effort into your strength and it's going to have 10 times the rewards for you than, than otherwise. So, yeah, you know, oh, I agree. I, if, If you look at it just from a simple numbers game, if you have, you know, if your skills, if one skill is worth $100,000 and one skill is worth $1,000, if you apply, if if you're going to grow both of them by 10% by, you know, 100 hours worth of effort, don't you want it to be on the $100,000 number, not the $1,000 number? Mm -hmm. So.
0: No, no, I agree. And I mean, that's one thing, you know, too, is I mean, that's honestly right now with this, you know... coronavirus and everything that's going on, I think it gives us a chance to really, you know, use the, you know, your journaling kind of ideas and stuff like that to come up with ways of, okay, these are my strengths and this is what I should be working on. I mean, this is a good time of self-reflection. I mean, to really sit back and look at yourself and reflect on what, what are your strengths? What are the things you should be focusing on? You know? And I, and I like that
1: idea. Yeah. And, and the thing that people need to remember is scary. As uncertain times are, which is what we're in right now, it's uncertain. And that uncertainty creates a lot of fear. However, the businesses that come through this, the people that come through it, when you come out of a time like this, you're going to be stronger than ever before because you're going to find strengths that you didn't know you had. You're going to find resources you didn't know were available. And you're going to be able to apply all of those to your new situation afterwards with you know, with 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 things even being back to normal, that you're going to be better off. If, if you look yeah. at businesses right now, there are new, there are new needs out there. So new, new businesses are being created. New services are being offered by existing businesses that were never there before. And once businesses, like say restaurants, once they open back up, they'll have found efficiencies, they'll have streamlined their takeout menus, they'll have found the best items to sell, they'll have found new ways to market themselves, and that will take them to the next level when they get through this.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. Strength is found in diversity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you just have to keep looking forward and figure out, you know, what am I going to get out of this? What is it going to teach me? What what new program am I going to install into my life or my business based on the needs that are now in front of us?
0: Oh, I completely agree. And that's that's one thing I think a lot of people need to think about is, I mean, everyone's worried about what's going on. We all are. We're all worried about what's going to happen next, what's going on. But once we weather through this. It's going to be. I think we're we're going to be a better, stronger country because of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, even mm-hmm. even as simple as you might know your neighbors' names now, and you didn't a week ago. You know, and just awareness of taking care of the elderly, or you know, being aware of our communities and who might need help. Just that alone is a huge bonus. Oh, it is. And I mean, that's one thing I think I
0: really love about you know your journaling and stuff like that is I think it helps people to. It's hard sometimes to come up and look at things and find something good in a situation or something good in yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, And in, your journals really make you think about that.
1: Well, and I think, you know, I, I didn't mention it on this round go round, but that's what I had to do when I had gotten divorced and, you know, probably about a, you know, nine months to a year after I was out living on my own and just kind of at, at what I feel like was really my rock bottom. I remember... Laying in bed day after day. And when I tell the story about my rock bottom, I usually say that I remember the the moment that I hit rock bottom and not because it was one exact day, but it was the same day over and over and over again until mm-hmm. I finally decided I wasn't going to be there anymore. And and I basically said, you know what, you're not happy with, with your life. Well, what did you do about it to make it any better? If you didn't if you didn't do anything yesterday to make today better, then how did you think it was going to be any different? And that's when I I got up, I got out of bed. It was later in the day than it should have been for a a day that I was working. And I went to the store and I bought myself a new journal and I started writing, What three things am I going to do today to make tomorrow better? And I did that every day until I started getting better. And it was very basic stuff at first, like get up on time, get in the shower, go outside for 10 minutes. And before long, it was, you know, my days were getting full. I couldn't even limit it to what three things I was going to do because I was catching up with friends. I was, Doing comedy, I was doing all sorts of stuff. But I then, you know, as my as my career shifted to helping other people, I realized that not everybody can work from a blank slate like that. And people need the structure of that journal written out. And that's that's what actually created that first life gets better journal. And then from there, different journals in different areas of focus.
0: Yeah, which is amazing. Cause I mean, that's the thing that I think a lot of people have to struggle with, is when you tell them, hey, tell me three, three good things about what you did today, or three good things you're going to do tomorrow. And they want to come up with everyone wants to come up with these grandiose things like, you know, I saved someone's life. It's like, it's not always something amazing and huge like that. It could just be like you said, I got out of bed on time.
1: Yeah. And sometimes like my first days were things like I had a productive day at work. I called my mom or my sister or my dad or my brother, I called a friend, whatever it is. I called someone and had a conversation. I went for a walk in the park, something that made my day better. It didn't have mm-hmm. like you said, it didn't have to be I started a new company or whatever. And if if you have a big goal, that's great. But don't don't feel like you have to do it in a day either. It's maybe it maybe your thing that you did that day was researched ways to open your company or made a phone call to do it. It it can be a simple thing, but that you're taking a step every day move the needle forward for the following day
0: yes and and that's so true because i mean it's like the you know the old saying goes and you know um uh you know every what is it every journey is started with the first step yeah you know and it's one step at a time and it's
1: you know everyone's like oh that's so cliche but it's so true it is true and and you know and the thing that's important too and you touched on it about doing it the night before is It's For me, it's so important to do it the night before because then you wake up in the morning without a doubt in your mind that you're going to do something to make your day good. And so if I sit down at night and I say, tomorrow I'm going to do these three things, when I wake up, I already have a plan. And there are a lot of days where I didn't do those three things because I did other things. Something else came up. It's like, oh, I ended up going to lunch with a friend instead of just calling someone and talking on the phone. That's great. So. That's why at the end of the day, sometimes what I write down isn't what I planned, but it still was good and I still recognize it and give myself credit for it. But yeah. yeah, you've gotta you gotta take that first step. And 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 you know, another thing that I've learned is a lot of times we stop and then we feel like we lost all that momentum and and it's like, oh, I was on a diet and I ate a cheeseburger and so now I'm now I'm done. I might as well just give up, right? But but the thing is, if you drove five miles down the road and then came to a stop sign it doesn't mm-hmm. give up the fact that you're 5 miles closer to where you're going. You would you would just start from where you're going and you keep going again and it doesn't you don't lose all that mileage that you got.
0: Yeah, which is good. Yeah. You know, and I think I think the hard part a lot of people have and I've seen this a lot, you know, with dieting and exercise, you know, cuz like I said we usually talk about stuff like that on here too. Um dieting and exercise is the same as me- mentally is when you have a bad day, everything ends, you know. Right. It's like, oh, yeah. okay. I had a bad day. My diet's over. My fitness journey's over. My mental health journey's over. I screwed up. I had a bad day. Yeah. It's like you had a bad day. So start over. Yeah, and You're not really starting over. It's just do better than you are today. It's like, you know, I, I had someone tell me the other day, start now and move forward. You can't change what's behind you. Mm-hmm. So just look at now and keep moving moving forward and you're
1: doing fine. You right. had a bad day? When? Look at exactly. now and move and, forward. And you could have eaten a month's worth of healthy meals which did a lot of good for your body. And so that one day doesn't take away all the healthy things you did for your body for a month. Yeah. And, and that's, we always feel like having something bad happen must take away all the good. And that's not the case. It's mm-hmm. the bad. It's the bad. It's there, but it, it's part of life. We know it's going to happen. We know we're going to hit roadblocks. We know we're going to get these stumbling blocks. So why not just know it's going to happen, plan on it if you can, and just be like, Hey, when I have a bad day, I'm going to let it happen. And then I'm going to just get back on the horse the next morning and start doing as good as I can from where I was.
0: Yeah. Which is what you got to do. And I mean, it's, it works the same, you know, with your mental health, it works the same with your, you know, fitness, your diet. It's the same on all of that, that, you know, if something, if you have a bad day, you had a bad day. All right. And now we're going to take a quick pause so we can hear from our sponsors.
1: Does your business need first aid,
0: AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back.
1: Yeah, one thing that I have start have have done in the past, and I I usually am doing it with one thing or another. But if I have a healthy habit or something that I want to focus on, I like to just keep a post-it note somewhere. Like I have a, a, a board by my door that I keep it on, and I will just for every day that I that I do that healthy habit let's say it's eat healthy or or go for a walk i'll put a tally mark and i would rather put tally marks there than have like the how many days since our last accident kind of thing like i don't want to say oh i went 20 days because i want to see the tally marks because if i miss a day i still come back and put another tally mark and all of those tallies are still there instead of taking it back to zero
0: yeah and that's why i think a lot of people worry about is because and that's a great example that um uh when you see them at companies where they have a big sign that says, we've gone this many days without an accident, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden they have an accident. Now you're back to zero, right. You know, and that's not how it works with, you know, mental health and, you know, diet and everything else. It's like, Hey, you know, I did good this day. I did good this day. I did good this day. Oh, I had a bad day. That bad day doesn't wipe out all the ones before
1: it. Right. Especially when you look at being, you know, three or four weeks into something, if you do something for two weeks, you have 14 good days before you have a bad day. So, you know, the next day you get today day 15. And then also it's like, you still have those 15 days of good.
0: Yeah. And it's one of those things for like me right now, like if I had a bad day of eating tomorrow, it's not going to wipe out the 20 pounds I've lost. Right. That's exactly. still there. You know, yeah. I might gain back a pound or two because I had a bad day, but it's not going to wipe out whatever the, the progress that I've made. So why quit? You know, you just say right. okay, you had a bad day. Cool. We'll go tomorrow and mm-hmm. keep moving forward. You know, and, that and it's a pound
1: or two would have just been added to your weight, 20 pounds higher, you know? So it's like, that's yeah. going to be there either way. Right.
0: Yeah. So, and you know, I have a really good friend, Jesse, who, we, we, who does a lot of the uh, West coast obstacles. And he does a lot of the obstacle course racing and stuff. And he has his, my favorite saying from him is always forward. Yeah. I that's love what that. he says on everything always forward. And it's one of my favorite phrases and I've stolen it and I've used it in a bunch, but I always make sure he gets credit for it, but, <laughs> right. but that's, that's his catchphrase. And I've really kind of stolen it and taken it for myself. And as it's, it's always forward. It's like, if you would have told me four years ago that I would have two podcasts and two radio shows. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, what are you talking about? I probably would have been like, "What's well, a podcast, but you know, that's <laughs> yeah. kind <of> the story. <laughs> but you right. know, I, now I, I have that and I feel like I'm doing good on all of them and I'm having a blast and I enjoy it. And uh, if I had a bad day, I've had two radio shows that were, on, I was on go away mm-hmm. because the host, you know, decided he was going to do something different or whatever. And that's why I was just like, cool, you're going to do that. I'm just going to have my own radio show. So now it's me. I don't yeah. have anyone to answer to, so, and that was just kind of it. Rather than taking his like, oh, I'm leaving and it's over, and going, oh, yeah. well, I guess my radio career is over. It's like, no, I went to the owner of the station and said, hey, I've been his co-host basically for two years. He's leaving. Can I just have my own show? Yes, you can.
1: Right. Oh. Look out. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, there's like like when when it, when something happens where it could be perceived as a negative or a problem it's it's a change and whether or not it's good or bad all depends on the direction you take it and and there are changes that are harder to see as a positive thing let's say you have someone you know who dies and you think oh my gosh this is horrific and awful well at at best case scenario that person is at least in a better place maybe they're not suffering anymore and Mm -hmm. and there are times where that's that's going to be a really hard thing to see any good in however You know, you might go through a breakup that, in the moment, you feel like is the most awful thing you've ever could experience, and you can't see any positive out of it. Yet, the further you get from that change, you may get to a point where you see it wasn't really the best, healthiest relationship for you. Yes, oh, I agree completely on that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and and that's like how we navigate that, and that's actually a book that I'm coming out with in about six weeks. It'll be out. It's called uh, "Own Your Awkward Life Changes," and it's all about mastering change. It's it's a it's a quick read. It's about 110 pages, and it's basically a handbook that walks you step by step how to through how to navigate the changes that you encounter in your life. And and one of the things is like like this change that you just explained, it's once you run into that roadblock or that hurdle where you say, Oh, this isn't where I thought I was going, but how can I still go somewhere that I want to go? Or how can I get to where I'm going? Because a lot of times we find way better opportunities on the detours we take in life than on the plan that we originally mapped out, but we have to be open to them.
0: Yes. And that's it. it is being open to them. And I mean, that's the thing, like you explained, you used the example of a relationship. Um, I've been there. I've been through that. And it's like every, if I look back at every single relationship that I had, where it ended and I thought, you know, of course, you know, a teenager in early twenties and all that stuff. You're like, my life's ending. My relationship is ending. Right. Oh my God, what am I going to do? If any of those had continued, I wouldn't have the the amazing wife I do now. I mean, you know, we've been together almost 20 years now and it's been, you know, the best ever, you know, Mm -hmm. have we had our ups and downs? Yes, but we've, we've weathered them and we keep going. But it's like you said that we, we've had those relationships in the past where you thought, you know, when it ended that your life was over and everything was ending, but they brought to you, brought you to where you're at now.
1: Yeah. I you, The big awakening for me was uh after after getting divorced and getting finding you know coming out of the closet being gay, all that kind of stuff, I had all these things that I pictured was a successful life right like being in a new relationship, having different things you know happen career wise and as I had changes happen in my career that weren't taking me the direction I wanted to go before I started my own business, uh, I still was kind of hung up on needing to have that relationship, and I had this realization one day that a successful journey for me wasn't that I'm in a relationship with a man. Like that's not my happy ending. My happy ending at least right now is all these things that I didn't pursue because of, of the dynamics of the relationship I was in. It wasn't a healthy relationship by any stretch of the imagination, not just because I was gay, but there was a lot of things at play. And a lot of it was not being me being comfortable in my own skin enough to stand up for myself either. And so coming out of that and, being in a position to be on my own, learn to be secure with myself, accept myself, I realized there are all these dreams I never pursued. A lot of them had to do with writing books, um, doing comedy, being being a speaker. And that's what I've been doing the last four years. And I've been happier than ever. And it has nothing to do with the relationship, even though originally I thought that was what it was all about.
0: Yeah. And sometimes that's not, I mean, for some people that is what, you know, makes them, but others, I mean, it's a matter of figuring out what your happiness is and what your, your measurement of success is. I know some people's measurement of success is money. You know, I make this much money. Cool. But you're not happy. You have, you know, and I've seen those people where, you know, you know, I had a boss who made a bunch of money and him and his wife realized after a while, the money was great, but they weren't happy so mm-hmm. they ended up getting divorced and amazingly they shared an office still cuz they own the company but but i mean it worked for them and i mean their happiness yeah. ended up being not being together and i mean that's what a lot of people i think were given this picture as we grow up and as kids that says this is this is the picture of happiness right it's the house you know kids, you know, the marriage, the blah, blah, blah. This is your happiness. This is what happiness looks like. And a lot of us strive for that Mm -hmm. without realizing that's what somebody else's happiness looks like. Yeah, exactly. And that's,
1: that's exactly it. You're, you're buying into what, what we've been shown is the expectation for happiness. And even though we've come a long way in society and being more diverse and accepting of everything, we still haven't let go of that standard of what we think is uh, what life is supposed to be like. Cause even people who are living uh, in different lifestyles outside of that norm, still try to somehow make that lifestyle fit into that norm. And I think Mm -hmm. that creates this disjointed happiness where it's like, we're still trying to be this certain way, even though we're not. And that can make it really hard to be at peace with yourself. It
0: can. And I mean, that's one thing, you know, That is a very, very true fact. And that is the hard part is trying to, you know, find what your happiness is, you know, and what your vision of happiness is, you know, and for some people, it's different. I mean, some people I have friends that I've talked to who will never have kids. Yeah. You know, because that's not their vision of happiness.
1: Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's totally fine. Years ago, I would have thought that was the most awful thing because I, was like oh my gosh how could that how could anybody not want kids however um i you know i love my kids i'm glad that i have kids but i now can understand how that's not for everybody everybody has a different thing and you should if you if you are not someone who is excited to have kids you really shouldn't have kids because that's a a big thing to be committing to it is Um, oh it's a huge thing yeah i i know that for myself i can I actually am very I try to be very aware of people's motivations and people's insecurities and I can tell what someone values based on how they enter a conversation and you know when you meet those people who every time they state something they have to give their qualifications or their resume yeah and you know it's like well for my 30 years in the industry of doing this and this blah 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 or as my time doing this and all I I step back and I just think I'm sorry that you're so that you think that every statement you say you have to you have to give your credentials for. And and I hear people do it with the value of their things that they own or the address that they live or the car they drive. It's like you don't need to say I got into my Audi to go home. It's like I got into my car. Who cares what kind of car it is? However, if that's how insecure you are, then I I actually look at it and I just feel I I feel bad for the people because I know that there's an internal struggle going on that they're When they lay their head on the pillow at night, they might have a lot of things or they might have a lot of letters after their name, but they're dealing with stuff that I'm not dealing with when I put my head on the pillow at night.
0: No, because I feel like people who do that a lot, they're living somebody else's happiness, like we said. Mm -hmm. They're not happy, so they have to justify what they have to make it look like they're happy when it's like, no, you, if you're really happy, you wouldn't have to explain to me what car you have, because you wouldn't care what I thought.
1: Yeah. And unfortunately, those are the people who are going to have the hardest times in situations like we're going through right now, because you've built up this framework on this system that can get pulled out from under you very quickly. And it's not this foundation of your own security and your own self. And that's, that's what like, that's what my journals are designed to do is to help you get secure in yourself, be okay with who you are so that you can go into the world in a way that is presenting yourself in a good way, but also so that no matter what's going on around you, you're okay and you're okay with yourself.
0: Yeah. And that's what, what it takes. And I mean, that's what's really hard. Like you said, in this times when all of a sudden we're told to stay away from people, you know, there's a lot of people not sound bad, but how can they tell you their, their wonderful accomplishments? And their, right. their degrees and everything else if there's no one else around to hear it
1: yeah it's, <laughs> and that's yeah. yeah well now i see it happening on social media but unfortunately people can just very quickly unfollow that <laughs> yeah
0: and that's the other thing is i know for some people like you mentioned earlier use the you know the skype or you know we're using for the podcast we always use webex you know which has the video options use those call Mm -hmm. people it's like you know we finally have what they had in the jetsons we have video calling you know now we just need that thing remember she used to have a mask that she actually put up that made it look like she had her makeup on when she didn't oh
1: funny i forgot about that
0: (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) well well, we do have filters
0: (laughs) yes we do have filters and i mean the one thing that's great about video calling and this is one thing that you know i love i don't have to put on pants i just have to make sure (laughs) the video only shows you know, the parts of me that are clothed, because I mean, anybody who knows me knows there's one thing I don't like and it's pants. So (laughs) That's funny. So, I mean, find ways to reach out to your friends, find ways, you know, we have a lot of friends in comedy who are, you know, doing things, you know, posting all the time on Facebook to, Mm -hmm. to reach out to each other. And I mean, being in comedy, you know, I've done it for almost 10 years now and there's been, I think five or six. Um, comedians that have died from suicide
1: mm-hmm.
0: in that that's time. Really and that's the hard part right now is this isolation can be so tough for yeah. people and can really make people, you know, instead of doing what you're talking about doing and finding the good things about us and about, you know, themselves, they start looking at the bad things and they start focusing on those bad things. Mm-hmm. And this can be a very tough time for people who are already down you know, on themselves or whatever, or people who have PTSD, you know, uh, you know, military people that have been in the military, stuff like that. So, I mean, this is a time anybody you have friends with, I have a friend that I literally every two days, whether he answers me or not, I send him a message saying, how you doing? You know, what's yeah. up? You want to yeah. go to lunch? Something just to check on him and let him know that, Hey, I'm still here if you need me, you know, yeah. because I know he goes through a rough time sometimes and being isolated like this can make it worse. So reach out to your friends.
1: Yeah. They, they, that can't be said enough because like, like you said, especially in, in the, the group that we are in with comedians, there's a high rate of suicide. Um, there is, you know, I also see that a lot with gay, with gay men. There's a lot of, a yes. lot of and 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 probably women too. I just, I know more gays that are men, but there's a lot of people in the LGBTQ circles that, that have a high rate of suicide too, and it makes you very aware of the fact that you don't know what's going on in someone's head when you meet people out in public. and no. And a lot of people are out in public because they need that interaction and that feedback, whether they're being a wallflower at a bar or they're you know on stage in front of people getting those laughs, that's been taken away from them. and so they do need yes. that you know someone to reach out and just say, "Hey, oh, yeah, definitely. did I lose you?" No, I'm still right here. Okay, sorry.
0: Um, The other thing too, is you really get with comedians and stuff like that is, you know, amazingly enough, comedians are actually a very depressed group of people. Yeah. (laughs) You don't think it, but for like someone like me, I mean, I've actually battled depression my entire life. And part of what helps me, you know, and what brought me into comedy was a, if I could get other people to laugh around me, they couldn't see the mask that I'm putting on.
1: Yeah. Well, and and you know, there's, there's been the age old stereotype about the sad clown or the depressed clown yeah. and, and, you know, and, and we saw it very publicly when Robin Williams committed suicide, it's, mm-hmm. but it's still, people still aren't, don't realize it. And they still don't apply it to the people around them. And that was, I still need, I haven't figured out the timing on this, but I've been working on one, a blog post that I want to do where I say, this is my face of depression, but it's a picture of me smiling. Yep. And the whole point is that and it's and I want to make it kind of a challenge for people to post their depressed face, um, even if it's a smiling or happy picture, because the idea is there are people who are depressed or in times of depression, but it doesn't show you can't see it. It's it's very behind the scenes because they're fighting as hard as they can to not look that way and to not be that way. It's not just about hiding it from the world, it's about trying to not be that way.
0: Yes. And that's it. I mean, it's one of those things that's, you know. The old saying, like we mentioned it earlier, in the you know when we we're talking, the fake it till you make it. Yeah, and that's how some of us do with happiness. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we deal with our depression. Is I mean, we get up on stage, and I've had times where, you know, the worst times in my life where I wasn't, you know, things where everything was going wrong around me, and it was because of my own fault. <laughs> but <laughs> right. you know, looking, I, back. <laughs> looking back, it was me. It was all my <laughs> right. fault. But um. Well, I'd get up on stage and you couldn't tell. Everyone's like, you know, you look so happy and you're having fun and you're joyous and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's uh, ever since I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how I hit it is I was, you put on the mask and, you know, you you show them a smiling face and nobody knows the torment that's going on, you know, behind it.
1: Right. So it's, you know. You go into that persona. Yep. Yeah. And that's one thing that with, uh, with comedians that, how you were saying a lot of them are very depressed, even though they're on stage telling jokes. The other thing with comedians, a lot of them are very awkward one-on-one and don't feel comfortable talking to people one-on-one. They can get up and tell the most personal details of their life and make fun of it. And the second they step off that stage, they don't feel comfortable having a conversation with somebody. And so that's why this not having that outlet right now is so critical because that's their connection to society and that's their way to communicate and talk and, and, be part of the world. And when that's taken away, a lot of them aren't having conversations like this one-on-one or talking to a friend because that's not how they communicate.
0: And that's so true. And I've met quite a few comedians like that who on stage, you're like, they're bigger than life. They have this huge personality. And then they walk on off stage and they will, they're just like, no, go away. Don't talk to me. You know, and there's, it's so different. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, the person on stage and the person off stage, really, it is two different people. I mean, it's easier for like me to see it with me because I use two different names Mm -hmm. (laughs) in all reality. My wife will even say it they're really Mike James and Brandon Ballantyne are two different people.
1: Well, and you know. when I first would encounter some comedians like that, when I first got in the comedy scene, I thought that there was a lot of people who were just very um, like, didn't want to have anything to do with me. I, I took it personally as like uh, yeah, they either they're, they're kind of either stuck up or clickish or just don't want to want me in their group. And yet then, as I understood it more, I realized, "Oh, this is their comfort level it 's not about me it 's about they 're not comfortable talking to people off stage, and the reason why they 're talking to those three or four people is because they 've known them for years and are finally comfortable having a conversation with them it 's not about yes. about me and yeah. so it's, and that 's what you amazing. have to look at
0: is you know you you nailed it right there is it's part of the problem that we have a lot of times with how we see ourselves and everything else is stuff like that. Like immediately when someone reacts that way to you and you look at this huge, bigger than life personality on stage and then they walk off stage and they they stand off to you, uh, stand opposite to you. You don't think, Oh, this is, this is them. Mm-hmm. You immediately think what's wrong with me. Right. You know, I had, a, that's what we have to stop doing.
1: Yeah. I had a, a kind of a breakthrough that the, the other day that I realized I had, um, somebody unfriended me on Facebook and unfollowed me on Instagram and who was somebody that I kind of know from the small business scene in the area. Mm -hmm. And, and in the past I would have been very, what did I do? What's going on with this relationship? Why did they do that? And, and I haven't talked to this person for a long time, so I have no idea, you know, maybe they didn't like something I posted or maybe they, you know, talked to somebody who, didn't like me or something. I I have no clue, right? However, in the past I would have been very, oh, what do I, you know, what what's my part in this? What do I need to do? And and now I was able to look at it from a very uh very much more mentally healthy place and basically say, you know what? If that's if if they don't value me in their life, then that's fine. I I would rather not have that relationship because I don't want to be friends with somebody who is going to go to that level without even saying hey you did this and it bothered me it's like that's not the kind of relationship i want to have and in the past i would have done anything to try to you know kind of keep everything going and but that's that was my own that's the old damaged version of me who didn't value myself enough to be like oh my gosh i'm bringing good things to the world and if they don't appreciate it or it's not for them that's fine they can go be and i and i'm not and I don't hold a grudge about it. I'm like, that's fine. If, if we're not aligned, I would rather not take up our space, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. but it, it was oh, just no, one I'll of these it. moments where I was able to kind of, from a very introspective way, look at it and go, Oh, I'm glad that I'm not in the place that I was a few years back where I would have been, you know, down on myself or whatever happened there. And Oh my God, I can't ever offend anybody because at that point you're never being true to yourself.
0: No, that's so true. I mean, and I've seen it quite a few times. I've had a Problems, especially with having the Brandon Valentine and the Mike James, um, mm-hmm. having the two different, where something was going on in the my the the brand in life, uh-huh. and I was you know, and I'd post something on Facebook, and then people, other people would think, oh, he's mad at me. What did I do wrong? And I'm like, no, this really had nothing to do with you. This was something completely, a whole nother aspect of my life. My whole life doesn't revolve around you, mm-hmm. you know, and these people would get mad at me saying, I'm saying bad things about them. I'm like, this had nothing to do with you, but you know, and I finally, and I used to sit there and try and completely, you know, apologize and go, I'm sorry that this, you know, it made you feel this way. And then finally I've just, you know, had to basically tell people, I'm like, if something I post hits home to you, yeah, maybe you need to look in a mirror and realize why <laughs> you feel that way, why yeah. it is that you feel like this is about you because now it is more about you than it is me. And that's because of your perception. So you have a perception that I was talking to you about that. I was talking about you with this. So maybe that's something that you need to look at, you know, yeah, exactly. and it's not for me to apologize. It's there. They're the ones that automatically thought it was about them when it had nothing to do with them. And I, I've lost a couple of friends, you know, and, and business associates because I posted something that they immediately thought it was about them. And when I wouldn't basically be like, yeah, that was about you. I'm like, no, it really wasn't. Then they got all pissy and I'm an asshole and lied to them. <laughs> so right. it's like, whatever. It's like, no, this yeah. is, you know, I, well, and things,
1: you know, there is a, you know, you can share your perspective and you can try to help people to a degree, but when people's minds are made up, you're not going to change them, and it's it's their own thing, right? They've got to they've got to come around. They've got to change their mind, and it's not worth fighting over because no, it's just. I, I look at it as I, I I'm a big proponent. This is one of the, the things in my book about change. Actually, I I have a an aspect in there where you focus on your budget, and one of the things in the budget is your energy budget because I look at yes. everything that I spend my energy on and my attention. That's you know, do I want to spend of my energy on being the best that I can be or if I'm spending 20% of my energy faking it and pretending to put on this persona or convincing somebody else, that's all energy that's coming away from me being my best self and living my best life. And I I don't want to give any of that up. And so that's one of those things. It's like, I'm not going to sit here and try and waste my precious time and energy trying to convince you to come on board when I, I need all that for myself because this is a survival game. You know, it's like I, I need to thrive and, and I consider myself generous. So that sounds selfish to say, but when it gets petty like that, it's like I'm not wasting my time and energy. I'll put my heart and soul into my friends to help them out when I can. But when it gets into that game, it's like uh you can pound sand. Yeah.
0: And that's kind of you know, that it took me a long time. I, I've always been someone who tried to, you know, keep relationships and like that and, and everything good. Mm-hmm. Um and as I've gotten older, I'm like I don't have time for this. You know, I have other things I want to do in my life, trying to keep your, my relationship with you is causing me stress that I don't need. And if this is what it is, maybe this friendship doesn't need to go on. And maybe this, you know, business relationship or this job, you know, one of the best things I ever did was, you know, at 40 years old, I suddenly decided, Hey, I don't want to be a management anymore. I don't want to be in management. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. It makes me a very, very angry and mean person and it sucks and I don't want to do it anymore. So I literally quit and went into a whole different field. You know, it ended up working out for me in the end. I make more money now than I ever did then, but, and I'm happier.
1: Yeah. And that's I the thing what I do now. Being happier, you just can't put a value on that. It's just yeah. like, and it is, it takes a lot of guts to sit back and realize that what you've worked so hard to get to might not be the best answer for you. And it's a yeah. really scary thing to turn that ship around. However, people do it over and over again. You know, I I like to, you know, talk about things like, um, you know, Julia Child didn't become famous until she was in her, what, 60s or 70s. Uh, You know, Colonel Sanders didn't become a millionaire until I think he was 70-something because his, his business went bankrupt in his late 60s because he had this, he had a roadside diner and hotel, and then they started putting in interstates and that moved the business away from him. He lost everything in his late 60s. And that's when he started selling his recipe to other restaurants. And that's when he started having this. So it's never too late to reinvent what you can going on. And that's what we have going on right now is we gotta take a step back and go, okay, you know, did an interstate just get put down the middle of my street and take all my, my business away? What do I need to do to reinvent how I'm gonna be successful and yes. it doesn't have to be about money. It can be about how am I going to be peaceful and happy if I can't get out and go hug somebody today?
0: Yeah. You know, how am I going to be successful with my diet? How am I going to be successful yeah. with the gym now that I can't go to the gym? You know, what am I going to work on? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's always, it's, you know, and I, and I, it's basically uh Monty Python song, the, the bright side of life. And that's really mm-hmm. it. Find the bright side of life. And that's, I think the problem is everyone always looks for, and I'm guilty of this as much as anybody looking for the excuse not to do something, you know, and I've used the the example all the time of when I broke my foot and I started eating just sat on the couch and did nothing, you know, and that was my fault. That was my choice. I screwed up. Mm -hmm. But does that mean I have to pay for it for the rest of my life? No.
1: Yeah. And I changed now. And the thing that people don't realize or get, or, or really put any weight into with, uh, you know, I, I called, I had this, this idea for this talk I was going to give about the virus and it was right as coronavirus was taking off. So it's before it was even in the news and it was kind of one of those, like, I think I'll wait to bring that up. But, um, but I call it the EJP virus, which is the excuses justification and procrastination virus. And I have that one. Yeah. And it, it only takes one of them to get you down. Like, like you can, you can make an excuse about why you didn't do something, it doesn't matter what the excuse is, it still didn't get done. So no matter what yes. excuse you have, it, it doesn't get done. So you can feel good about it. You can justify it all day long, but you're still not going to get to your goal. And so it only takes any one of those three things to mess you up, whether you're justifying. You know, I've done that where I want to I lose weight and then it's cold outside. And I'm like, well, it was cold, so I didn't have to run today. It's like, well, that's fine. But then you're going to have to be comfortable with the fact that you're 20 pounds heavier than you want to be because that's yeah. the trade-off. You either ex- you if you accept the excuse, you accept that you have to be happy without the goal and and not saying that, you know, that you have to buy into what you should have, because it could be that your lifestyle, it might not be an excuse. It might be I have prioritized this over that. And so I need to not beat myself up for not having this other situation. Yeah.
0: Um, and, then you know, that's a whole different thing than an excuse. A lot of people will be like, oh, well, you did that instead of that. Well, there's your excuse. No, that wasn't an excuse. That was a prioritization. That was me saying, you know, hey, I'm not going to do this because I'm going to do this. I'm
1: prioritizing this
0: over that. Yeah. You
1: know, and that's
0: what a lot of people don't see.
1: And that was me every all of January. I was beating myself up because I wasn't getting out and running as much as I wanted to because I had this lofty goal of getting to a certain place physically. And I was beating myself up because I wasn't getting out and running an hour every day. However, I was in the throes of finishing up my next book that's coming out, which is the one about um, own your awkward life changes. And I was writing two to three hours a day and then editing two to three hours a day on top of all my other appointments and stuff. So, you know, it's like working basically two to three jobs and, and I had to kind of give myself the grace to say, it's okay that you're not, that you're not doing this. You have to accept the fact that that's that fitness at that point in my life was not a big enough priority to take precedence over the writing and now i've gotten back to getting more physical now that the writing has has been finished but yeah. but it is one of those where i'm like okay i guess that at it, i had to kind of come to terms with the fact that it wasn't just an excuse it was no this is what i'm choosing to do and at that point i have to say it's okay that i don't have this other thing i don't have this trim body because I chose to make this a bigger priority and that was a trade-off I made.
0: Yeah, and that's one of the things some people have to come to deals to, to terms with. And sometimes that can be tough because you get a goal in your brain. This is my goal, this is what I'm gonna do. And then everything changes. And that's, you know, you know I, I always go back to the foot injury because that's the most recent thing in my brain. But yeah. I had a, a goal in my mind that I was going to be 180 pounds. I was gonna be back to, you know, healthy and moving and everything else. And then all of a sudden I broke my foot and everything went out the window.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's like, out of your hands at that point,
0: you know, but that was my, I gave up mm-hmm. and that was my mistake. And that's for you. It was one of those things you prioritize and say, okay, I need to do this in this place. For me, I just gave up. And that's what you, you know, you, you can't do at this point. I mean, it's like prioritize other things. If something happens, an obstacle gets in your way, find a way around it. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I should have done when I broke my foot is, you know, work on my upper body. Find other ways to say you know, continue to eat healthy. Even though I can't run, I can at least eat healthy and you know limit yeah. some of the body weight. But I didn't even do any of that. I just went right back to eating crap and mm-hmm. garbage eating and gained all the weight that I lost. All of it back. So, you know, it's it's just prioritizing and also you know finding ways to get around obstacles.
1: Yeah, and like you said earlier it's the past it's behind you. It's all part of your journey. So it all helps you sell what you can help others with now because you've been there. Um, but acknowledging it and recognizing it is important without, without being so fixated on it that you never move on and then don't, don't move forward. And like I said earlier, it's always forward, always Mm -hmm. forward. So I love that.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much been my mantra for this year. And I mean, it's like I've said to a couple of people this year, I've really tried to make this and last year was supposed to be my year of no excuses. And I didn't let it, but I let it still be excuses this year. I am like, no, this is my year of no excuses. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, been eating right, doing everything. Like I said, I've dropped 20 pounds over the last like month and I want to continue that. So, you know, the big thing here is, you know, the coronavirus and this COVID-19 has become a huge excuse right in front of me. And I've got to make sure that I don't, I don't use it.
1: Yeah. You can either embrace it or squash it. Right. And that's it. You know,
0: I'm embracing it. I'm I'm looking at all this gym equipment I have in my house saying I don't need a gym. I've got a gym in my house. Mm -hmm. So let's make this happen. You know,
1: exactly. it's interesting because since I have had basically all of my activities and appointments that I had the last week have been canceled and I had a couple networking events I was going to go to, I had a gig coming up that's, you know, I've had two gigs canceled and theoretically you would think I would be just having all this time on my hands, but I've actually worked harder this week than I had, you know, the weeks leading up to it because I've got to get my piece of the pie figured out. And I've, you know, it's, it's been, shifting gears and getting creative and saying, okay, what can I do? You know, how can I take the things that I would sell? Like with this book, this latest book about, you know, your awkward life finds peace, the latest journal. As soon as I had that done, I knew right away it wasn't going to be printed or able to be printed like other books because people aren't going to be able to order because a lot of those factories are either shut down or they're focusing the energy on other areas, like yeah. i I get them printed through Amazon, so they're focusing on essentials, which i'm glad they're doing, and I also like the idea that I have another option so that i 'm not clogging that pipeline either so mm-hmm. but I, that that meant that I had to learn how to get it set up digitally. I had to get that set up digitally, I had to test it. I appreciate you being one of my guinea pigs to try that out, and I had to go through that process, and now i'm doing that with all the other journals so that those can be accessible to people who don't want to buy a hard copy or where this is a better option for them and honestly this is a this is something i wanted to do with the other journals uh for probably a year now i've wanted to have a subscription service for them but other things kept you know coming up or getting in the way or i just never really got around to it so you know this is a goal that i've wanted to get accomplished that this has forced me to get done and i think if we're all creative and take a step back we can find things like that there's you know, a wall in our house that we didn't paint, or there's supplies in our garage for a project that we were going to do that we didn't do yet. And we can do that while we're at home and, and, and
0: find some good. Exactly. I mean, that's like, you know, I mentioned earlier, the bike I've been for two months talking about that. I was going to go get one of the, cause my, my father-in-law loves to buy bikes at the garage sales and then fix them up that mm-hmm. I was going to go pick one out of there and start, you know, riding it. Well, today I'm finally like, okay. And I went out there and picked one up and he yeah. helped me make sure that everything was all set, that it's all good. It shifts good. It rides good. You know, change seats from another bike that felt better on my butt. Mm-hmm. So we got it all set up. And that's something I've been talking about doing for months. So, I mean, it's, you know, you find things to keep you going. You know, and that's the big thing in this is don't give up. Don't give up that, Hey, you know, the virus popped up, everything shut down. I can't do my goals now. No, you just find it's an obstacle thrown in your way. It's one thing for like me, I do a lot of obstacle course racing and that's how I look at things a lot now is when an obstacle throws is thrown in my way, that's part of racing. If it's there, Hey, do I, do I sit down and give up? No, I look at it and say, okay, how do I, how do I either get up over through you know, how do I conquer this obstacle and come through, uh, come out the other side better? And that's what this virus really is. And it's a chance for us to conquer an obstacle and come out on the other side better.
1: Yeah. And if, if nothing else, like if you don't feel comfortable, like you mentioned, it can feel awkward to reach out to friends and just say, Hey, I'm checking mm-hmm. up on you. You know, that's a great opener too, to say, Hey, can you help me come up with a couple ideas on how to get past this? Because you're going to make that person feel needed. You're going to get mm-hmm. ideas yourself it's it's going to take that hey i want to reach out to this person but just make up an excuse and just say hey i am trying to figure out even if you already know the answer just get their feedback because they may have a couple other options beyond the answer you thought would be what you wanted to do and uh you know say hey what do you think i should do i was trying to work out and go to the gym and now it's closed and they might say do this do that you know have you tried driving around your block to map out you know the mileage for a five mile run and then do that jog or
0: whatever Oh, yeah. And it's always it's finding new ways around it. Like I said, it's, it's an obstacle for us to find a way through over or whatever. So but I did want to say normally, we try and keep these about an hour. We're almost an hour and a half at the moment. we might be over an hour and a half. So um, I, I, I loved having you on this was a blast. And I should have done. I've wanted to do this earlier, but I just haven't done it. Like I said, most time when I still think of you as a comedian most of the time because that's how I know you. So that's right. why, you know, I've, al- I've always had you on love and hate and all that stuff. And you're so much fun on there. And it's, you know, to sit there and laugh with you on there and have fun. And I, the motivational side, I, I keep, you know, it's just, like I said, you get to know someone in a certain aspect and a certain type of your life, yeah. part of your life. And you don't think of them in the other, like most people in comedy are surprised to find out I have a podcast that talks about running. Right. Um, and stuff like that because they don't see me in that part of my life and i don't post that uh, that much on my brand of valentine facebook it's just on the mike james facebook so it's you know it's two worlds colliding so Mm -hmm. but it's awesome i am so glad we finally got you on here because i feel like we could have gone for another hour but um i know dawn's gonna yell at me for going this long and having (laughs) to edit this and i'm gonna
1: I, i super appreciate the time i uh yeah, I always oh, enjoy talking to you. It, obviously, that's why we just get lost in the, the time here. But uh, thank you yeah. so much. Oh,
0: yeah. It's just like love and hate. Beach has to yell at us all the time, too. Right. He's like, like
1: hey, four minutes, four minutes, let's go.
0: Yeah, because lo- love and hate has to only be an hour because it's actually on the radio. Right. So he will, like, you know, there's been a couple times I've, like, given little soft things to throw at my head. But he has horrible aims, so he usually hits the wrong things. It's kind of funny. But um, <laughs> All right. So thank you, Andy. Um, is there anything you want to say to the listeners on the, you know, be, be, as we sign off?
1: No, just, you know, I'd love to have people reach out. Feel free to find me on social media or on my website, awkwardcareer.com or Andy Vargo, Awkward Career on all the social media platforms. I'm always happy to connect and uh, help people through their journey. Right on. All right. Well,
0: thank you, Andy. Um, it was it was really nice talk to you i'm sure you know i will talk to you again soon i have you you know like i said you're you're one of the regulars on love and hate so um thank you again for for coming on on beastnet with me and i will talk to
1: you soon yeah thank you
0: thanks for listening to the beastnet podcast if you haven't done it yet find us on facebook like and share the podcast